The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg with your host, psychologist and author, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics brought to you by SSI Guardian. Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat. Visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in with me today. In a culture where busy is praised and overcommitment is a way of life, it's easy to feel like you're drowning and crazy with no way to get out. Our show today features Nicole Johnson, author of Creating Calm in the Center of Crazy. And Nicole will share her personal journey to sanity in the midst of a crazy, busy, modern life. And she'll help you to abandon the pressure cooker and join the journey to create a calm, more sane life. She's uh, preaching to the choir here. If you know someone who's on the crazy train to Stressville, give them a call or send them a text and tell them to tune into the show today for some helpful guidance on creating calm in the center of crazy. And if they're in the Denver area, they can listen on uh, on the radio at 94.7 FM, The Word. And if they're out of the Denver area or just away from the radio, they can stream online from their smartphones or computers at drpegradio.com. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, SSI Guardian, who set the new standard in advanced safety, education, and solutions. Learn more about SSI Guardian at ssiguardian.com. And if you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Pegg, go to drpegradio.com for the program archives. And you can also go to drpegradio.com to connect with our sponsor and learn more about my various events, retreats, and books. And I'm excited to bring back my nonfiction writing and self-publishing workshop. If you've had an interesting childhood or you have a special skill or ability or you'd like to use your life experiences to inspire and educate others, you can become the author you've always dreamed of being. And if you're not sure how to get started or you've been working on the same book for years, my first book took me 10 years to finish, or you want to learn how to self-publish your own book, plan to attend my upcoming nonfiction writing and self-publishing One Day Intensive on Saturday, September 9th in Denver, Space is Limited, so go to drpegradio.com slash write to register today. Well, my guest is an accomplished author herself. Nicole Johnson has written several books, and she's a speaker and dramatist who toured with one of my favorite women's conferences, the Women of Faith Conference, for more than a decade. And her latest book, Creating Calm in the Center of Crazy, is the topic of our conversation today. Nicole Johnson, thank you so much for being here with me today by phone. And welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Pegg. What an honor to be here. Oh, Thanks for the, having you're me. quite welcome. It's great to have you. I just love the Women of Faith Conference. And so oh. to know you were with them for more than a decade, just as someone in the audience getting blessed, I can only imagine the blessing that was for you to, to be on the platform with those amazing women. Oh, you're absolutely right. It was an amazing season in my life just to get to, you know, again, as you mentioned, travel with them, but also just glean a lot of life's wisdom mm-hmm. from from their collective wisdom. Yeah. I, I miss it now yeah. that it's 
that it's over, but it, it, it was an amazing journey. I'm sure. Well, tell the listeners about yourself and your ministry, other than Women of Faith. Uh, you've done so much. You've written books. Uh, talk about how you got started. Oh, thanks. Well, I started, I like to say I sort of started in college because I studied, I studied acting and theater, and really that was the direction I was headed into. And then I started writing, and I started writing original drama and really found that I, I loved getting to communicate. And, and so then I started writing books, and, and then I started producing some television show and more mass media stuff and just realized the through line from all of that was really a desire to communicate. Um, you mentioned your writing seminar where you help people share out of their life journeys about their own story. And for me, the story that really emerged was that I, I really loved to communicate um, and to try to come alongside people and walk in their shoes and then communicate truth out of that, either through my dramatic presentations or through writing books or producing television. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, we're so glad that you that you chose that path. Um, you're just a blessing with your, your books and ministry. So let's talk about your latest book, uh, Creating Calm in the Center of Crazy. Subtitle is <laughs> Making Room for Your Soul in an Overcrowded Life. Why did you start, decide to write creating calm in the center of crazy because life was crazy (laughs) i mean you know as i look back talking about a lot of the things that i've done life was not so crazy at those moments it was full and very abundant and then along about i would say seven eight maybe close to nine years ago uh, I had two kids and uh, a very full life and wasn't exactly sure what to let go of and hold on to and technology began to enter the picture and make uh, make us all more accessible to each other, which wasn't necessarily a good thing for me. And life really began to get crazy. And it uh, this book really comes out of the journey of recognizing that crazy and then working to create some calm. Mm-hmm. Amen. And we're going to go through those steps and and the recommendations that you have. You have some really practical suggestions is what I love about your book. Not only is it inspirational and gives us some insight, but then you just give us some practical things that we can put into place. And, you know, I'm I'm the mother of twins, a boy and a girl. Uh, They're a a young man and a young woman now. They've both graduated from college and they're in their early 20s. And um, I I wish I could say, yeah, I remember that crazy busy because I actually kind of have blotted it out. (laughs) It's kind of become a blur. I know it was crazy busy at the time, Um, you know, two in diapers and two toddlers, you know, having to be put into car seats and two sets of gear whenever you need to go somewhere. So I I know life was busy and um but you write about a mindset that really is is taking hold. It's not just that life is busy. Um we have this crazy busy mindset. Can you talk about that? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I I began to see it when I as I mentioned this accessibility like people weren't turning off at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I think with the, you know, onset laptops and more people commuting work from home, working from home, um, we began to see a sort of an, an erosion of the normal workday mm-hmm. and then on into the weekend. And now 
people, it's very common for them to take their phones and laptops on vacation, and everybody is available all the time. And, you know, we moved from telephone calls to emails and websites, and now we've moved from calls to, to texts, and we shorten our messages to very, you know, limited characters, and our communication is completely different than it was 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, so- and I think that has sort of created this mindset, like everybody should be available all the time. So mm-hmm. there's no sacred space. There's no, you know, set aside family time. Or if there is, it's awfully difficult to come by. You have to really work at that. And you have to work at time for your marriage and relationships. Otherwise, it is just 24-7 mm-hmm. uh, blast beeps, alarms, alerts, all the time. Right. And so life life is busy, but I think um, you've hit the nail on the head where the mindset comes from is this belief that we must be accessible at all times right. and available at all times. And I think there's also been a shift where it's almost a badge of honor to right. say you're busy. Hey, how's it going? Oh, gosh, I'm so busy. Right. <laughs> and it you kind of out. You're successful. Yeah. It means you have a lot going on. Those are all really positive things in our culture. And they can be, of course, mm-hmm. you know, um, but oftentimes they become, then they become sort of isolating. Like when you tell somebody, oh, I'm just crazy busy, they think, well, you probably don't have time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, or I hate to ask you to, like, go to coffee or to have lunch. You feel bad sort of extending yourself and trying to get connected in relationship because life is too busy for me. Right. And what's wrong with me that I have I have time in March and in my day to want to sit down and have some coffee with you? It's exactly. almost like um, we try to out-busy one another. You know, I'm busier than you, game. Um, and exactly. It's almost like busy has become an idol. And I, or it's become the new currency. Yeah. Because time is our currency in many ways. And so the busier we are, you know, the more valuable we are. The more our currency is tied Mm. up in, oh, how many people need to get a hold of us at one time? Wow. And it is an illusion. You're Mm -hmm. right. It it can be an idol. Yeah. I heard um, someone once say, I wish I could remember who it was to give them credit, that busy stands for being under Satan's yoke. Wow. And that's wow. that's a shift in the, the culture that is saying busy busy is this, you know, thing we're trying yeah. to all achieve, but really it's what puts us in bondage. Right. In so many ways. Partly because it's a trap. It's like the hamster wheel. We're not really getting anywhere. We're just moving a lot. Mm. And also because it gives us a false sense of our worth or identity. And then it keeps us from ever really thinking very deeply about where we are in our lives or what our goals are, what we want. We're, we're just too busy putting out fires and getting through the day and surviving that there's really not the space to examine our lives and even our relationships, our own hearts. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you're hitting on a lot of different points and you make it really concise and, and easy to consume in your book. Uh, creating calm in the center of crazy. Uh, you give us ways that we can recognize if we're caught up in that crazy. Uh, talk about the five main ingredients, as you refer to them, that contribute to a crazy life. Oh, sure. For me, um, Dr. Pegg, it, the, the ingredients might be different for everybody, but okay. for me, when I began to take stock, I noticed these five things. And 
the first, it was like multitasking. Like I felt like I was working harder than ever and accomplishing less than I ever had. Like that hamster wheel, like we were talking about, I was always moving, always the next thing, doing the next thing, one more thing. Here, I can add that on. I can take this. The kids are over there. I can do this now, and I can, you know, do lots of things at one time. So on one hand, multitasking is a gift. I think it should be an Olympic sport, and (laughs) women would just own it um, because we're very proficient. But on the other hand, now what research is showing is what this constant multitasking does to our brains isn't so funny and it's not so pretty at the end of the day because we're becoming more distractible and more fragmented and less able to concentrate and and focus so for me multitasking was a big one Mm -hmm. and then you know we're all women this is a unique thing we are comparers we compare everything we compare houses and clothes and husbands and rear ends and even (laughs) landscaping you know women always have that where we part of that again is a healthy thing and that we're the uh, the gender that wants to improve and get better we're the ones that are always looking for ways to make life easier or better for our families but the downside of that is then we use comparison as a tool to sort of allow ourselves to either feel better than we should about ourselves or worse than we should about ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not an equal opportunity uh, thing that we do. We, we either come out on the plus or the minus, and neither one is really healthy. Right. You know, the Lord told me it's not who other people think you are. It's not even who you think you are. It's who I say you are. And oh, so right that, that comparison yeah. game really gets us out of really comparing ourselves to the word <laughs> and yes. to, to God's exactly. standard is our plumb line rather than looking out externally. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. Um, so another for me was, was bound, um, pressure and just um, allowing myself to live under pressure that really I was creating. And my grandmother had a pressure cooker that I was really afraid of growing <laughs> up as a kid because it would just spew and and sputter on the top of the stove and I was warned not to get close to it because it you know it's very unpredictable it could just blow up you know (laughs) and life these days to me reminds me a lot especially life for women of how much pressure can we live under and we sort of sputter and rattle and no one's really sure if we're going to blow and it's too risky to live life that way under enormous amounts of pressure um and that's another thing I recognized I was putting on myself. Another another issue was, um, for me, overcommitment. Mm. It's always been a little bit of an issue, but I felt like I got it under control in my 20s and 30s, and I learned more about boundaries and how to say yes and how to say no, and I thought I was doing really well in that until I had kids. And then I wasn't just, Nicole Johnson, what do I want to do or not do? I was Elliot's mom or (laughs) Abigail's mom. And that identity or that perception, as you said, of my my identity, what I thought about my worth, was really driving a lot of uh, yeses that really should have been no's. I just wanted, I wanted to be seen as, wow, she's a really hands-on involved mother and, um, and to be seen is really the, the key part of that because 
inside I was thinking I shouldn't be doing this, I shouldn't have said yes to this, and there I am over and over again, which doesn't produce gratitude, it doesn't produce good results, it just produces more of that hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those were those were some really, really big ones for me. Mm-hmm. That and you know, the other thing that comes with kids, I had a wonderful friend tell me that when you have kids, make peace with distraction because you have to. It, it's not, you know, distraction was kind of the, the enemy of my adult mind. You know, it's like don't, you know, stay focused, hang in there, all of that. But I understand why when you have kids, you have to learn a new way to sort of make peace with being distracted, being interrupted, <laughs> being, you know, pulled off course and not, being upset by that because kids have their own timetable and their own, you know, way of doing things. And I learned to love that. But what gets difficult is learning to turn that off and then go back to focus and then, you know, going back and forth without feeling like you've got a foot on the dock and a foot on the boat and it's going to, you know, (laughs) you're going to do the the splits. (laughs) So for me, distraction had become, uh, I had just allowed so many distractions, not just from my kids, those are still right and good, but just from, again, my phone or from the doorbell. I mean, there are days I feel like all I do is go from bell to bell to bell to bell. The doorbell rings. I'm, you know, trying to, the dishwasher's clean now and ready to be emptied, and the coffee maker goes off, so I'm going to get a cup and email alerts, and then there's a text from, you know, my mom. It's, it really is um, a, a, like a, a pinball way to live this distraction. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. So, so just to recap those five things that really kind of, caught your attention were um, multitasking, I think, which is related to distraction. All the research shows that multitasking is actually really a myth, as you stated. Our our brains um, don't function that way. It's actually right. task switching. We're just switching from task to task, losing accuracy and efficiency yeah. and, and speed each time we switch. And it's a, an illusion that we're multitasking. Right. Uh, distraction, overcommitment, com- uh, comparison and pressure um, are the ingredients for crazy, huh? They really are. They really are. And, you know, I think so many of the answers that I I didn't come to this all at one time, you know, in real time, like, oh, then came the day and I could see all these things clearly. What happened was as these things began to take hold, I would just look around to the left or the right, again, sort of comparing, like, How's everybody else dealing with this? Or is their life as crazy as mine? Or all of those sorts of things. And then people begin to say, oh, try this calendar program. Or there's a new app that you should get. (laughs) Or, you know, my favorite, it's all about balance. Mm -hmm. You just need more balance in your life. And if, if I had a nickel for every time another woman offered me the solution of balance, I I could buy my own balance beam. I mean, I could be doing gymnastics in my living room right now because balance is such a tricky thing to present as a solution because you really can only balance things that are equal. And my life is never going to balance because 
when your children are young or when your parent has a stroke or when the neighbor needs you to look after their home or whatever it may be, things are out of whack for a while. Mm. And I think I always say that I just make peace with the limping because the balance thing isn't, it isn't going to come out all even all the time. But I think there's a lot of shame for women when our lives don't, quote, balance or balance out because we really think they're supposed to. And I, I'd like to say I don't think they're supposed to. I think there's supposed to be a lot of give and take mm-hmm. in our daily lives that yeah. has nothing to do with balance. Amen. And and really depends on the season you're in. I, I think, you know, that's a way to summarize what you're saying is if you're in a season with toddlers, uh, or you're in a season with adolescents who are going in opposite directions constantly, exactly. you're going to have different priorities. If you're a newlywed with right. with no children yet, uh, you'll have different priorities. So that balance really is a myth when you think of it that way. It's really right. what are your priorities for the season you're in where you can um, not kind of self-implode? Right. Exactly. And you can be true to those, but it takes time and effort to identify those. What really are my priorities? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can kind of get a glimpse, like we could look in our, in our checkbooks or at our credit card statements or at our calendar and go, okay, does all this stuff really reflect my priorities? Or is that just what I'm giving my time and money to? And it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Well, listeners, I'm speaking with Nicole Johnson, creating calm in the center of crazy, making room for your soul in an overcrowded life. And uh, we're really just uh, scratching the surface on on this topic. And Nicole is going to be here for the whole hour and share some really practical advice on how we can um, create some calm and renew our minds so we're not um, buying into this crazy, busy mindset. Uh, Nicole, in your book, you say wanting change is not enough. Wanting out of this crazy cycle is not enough. And in my experience as a as a psychologist, I've observed that most people want change, but they're not willing to make changes. They say they want something different, but they fail to do something different. Why? I, I believe it's because change is hard, change is scary, and change comes at a cost. Um, what do you think needs to be present for people to really change? You know, Dr. Pegg, that is exactly right. I think change is hard and it's scary. People want it, but they're not really willing to pay the price Mm -hmm. until a crisis happens. And then all of a sudden things come much more clearly into focus and priorities get defined. So I think um, a crisis, as hard as it may be, can actually be a blessing in disguise. It can be a friend to us and have lessons to teach us if we're willing to endure the pain. Mm. Well, and you experienced a crisis with a friend in, in your life, and um, we have a um, little over a minute, so we won't be able to hear the whole story. But can you begin to tell us um, what happened uh, with a personal crisis that you had with, with a friend of yours You write that you write about in your book? Sure. I the, the thing about wanting change that I, I would just come back to is that wanting it isn't strong enough. And so the crisis often is the thing that sort of crushes us for a bit, and it gives us new eyes to see life, and it distills down our, our 
uh, our priorities, the things that we want. And, and I'll, we'll come back in a minute, but mm-hmm. Kathleen Norris describes a crisis as a sifting. And I love that because through all the shaking, rattling, jostling, the hard stuff, what we're often left with if we're paying attention is the gold. Mm. Well, amen. (laughs) And we all want that, but we don't always want to go through the process. But when we understand how valuable it is, it sometimes makes it easier uh, to get through. And again, we know we're not getting through alone. We know we have the Lord with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And um, he's conforming us into his image. He's taking us from glory to glory to glory. Uh, My guest is Nicole Johnson, speaker, dramatist, and the author of Creating Calm in the Center of Crazy. Uh, we're we're uh, talking about how a crisis can be a good thing to really make us want change, uh, really seek the Lord as well. We know that happens often when we're in a crisis. Uh, we'll continue our discussion with Nicole Johnson. We'll be right back. 94.7 FM, The Word. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. President Trump, in his weekly media address, says that he does expect the Senate will pass the new health care law in the coming week. Meanwhile, by a vote of 344 to 81, the House has passed a new defense bill, which authorizes the Defense Department to spend nearly $700 billion for the military, nearly $30 billion more than President Trump requested. In the Senate, it'll take 60 votes to pass any measure that would lift those budget caps. Officials in Lando Lakes, Florida, they're telling people not to go sightseeing in the neighborhood where dramatic video showed a massive sinkhole swallow a house. The sinkhole that opened up Friday morning quickly swallowed one home, consumed about 80 percent of another. And authorities are now saying that a third home is being threatened as well. Again, that's in Lando Lakes, Florida. For more details on these stories and much more, visit SRNNews.com. I'm Val Dior. This is Denver's all-new 94.7 FM, The Word. Hi, this is Willie Dan, owner of Stanford Funding. Looking to buy a new home in this super competitive Colorado market? Call Stanford Funding now to get a no-closing-cost loan and increase your purchasing power to the fullest. Call us now at 303-458-8200. Stanford Funding has no closing-cost options along with extremely low interest rates. Our no-closing-cost options and low rates will allow you to stretch your dollar so you can qualify for the home of your dreams in this ever-competitive market. Call us now and we'll get you qualified in minutes, not days. Stanford Funding 
will give you the customer service you deserve. We'll personally take you from application to closing quickly and stress-free. We even have special loan programs that will allow you to put as little as 1% down, and our credit score programs allow for less than perfect credit. So call Stanford Funding now and let us help you get a new house at a great rate with no hassle. Call us now at 303-458-8200 or apply online at stanfordfunding.com. NMLS 306720. Credit score 660. Loan to value 90%. Licensed by the Division of Real Estate. You never thought you'd be facing divorce. Nobody does. But when it happens, who can you trust to help you? If you're dealing with the reality of divorce, you don't have to do it alone. Hi, I'm Tony Sterniolo, Christian domestic attorney. At the offices of Tony Sterniolo, we'll support and counsel you through this painful process. Together, we'll explore every possibility to reconcile your marriage. If divorce is the only option, we'll work to protect your family and your future. Don't walk this painful road alone. Call me, Tony Sterniolo, at 303-831-4400. That's 303-831-4400. You could be just steps away from a life-changing path. Take that first step and listen to Faith Walk today at 2 p.m. weekdays right here on 94.7 FM, The Word. Dr. Calvin Whitman, senior pastor at Applewood Baptist Church in Wheat Ridge, shares wisdom and insight to inspire and encourage you. The goal is to give you a practical understanding of God's Word and help you apply it to your daily walk. Tune in to Faith Walk today with Dr. Calvin Whitman of Applewood Baptist Church, weekdays at 2 p.m. and also Sundays at 10.30 a.m. on 94.7 FM, The Word. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. Welcome back, everyone. My guest is Nicole Johnson. She's the author of Creating Calm in the Center of Crazy. Uh, Nicole, how can listeners learn more about you and your book? Oh, well, I I'm, uh, can be found um, on uh on the web at nicolejohnson.org or on Facebook and Instagram at Nicole, at Nicole Johnson LA. Um, and they can find out more about me, about my drama and scripts and all kinds of things at, at those, uh, at those places. Okay. You're just rubbing it in that you're Nicole Johnson in LA. Huh? <laughs> put that in your, Nicole in Johnson your social media nice name. Weather is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Great. I'll also have a link to Nicole, Nicole Johnson on my website. And you can also share this podcast with someone who's in the center of crazy, who needs to create calm. Just go to drpegradio.com and you'll be able to click over uh, to Nicole. Uh, so Nicole, you were about to tell us about, um, the change that you experienced in your life as a result of going through a difficult time uh, with a friend. Share with us uh, how that helped you move forward and out of crazy. Sure. Well, you know, Dr. Peg, as you know, I'm I'm sure all too well, that the details in a a crisis are, are less relevant than what your heart is making sense of at the time. Because oftentimes, especially in the case of, you know, a divorce or a death or the crisis, the things that surround it in terms of, you know, all the, in the case of a divorce, like he said, she said, and then this happened, and even in the loss of someone that we love, that in those moments, it kind of all gets distilled to that event, the day that life fell apart is what I call it. Mm. And for me, it was a crisis in a 15-year friendship. And um, I was sitting in the uh, waiting area at Chicago O'Hare Airport, and I got an email from a long and 
cherished friend, and it was one of the probably the hardest email I've I've ever received. And really, just a friend saying that something we had planned together and and an event is she really didn't want to be a part of anymore, and basically closed the door on our friendship as well. Mm-hmm. And it, it was devastating to me. And I wouldn't know for some time just why it was so devastating. I mean, obviously it's devastating, and the loss of a friend is a is, is just a, a painful thing. But this was different somehow. I was decimated in mm-hmm. my spirit and my soul. I couldn't get my mind off it. Why would this happen? Why? What did I do? Why would she feel this way? You know, all of which were sort of pointless questions because I was only left on my side to figure it out. The avenue wasn't open for discussion or conversation. And I, I do think a lot of women find themselves in that place. And so the key for me was to staying on my own side. It's like I, I've got to work on this on my end. I can think and speculate all that I want about her or what might have happened, but I don't know, and I still don't know, um, you know, five years later. Um, but what I do know is that, for me, the pain was debilitating, mm. and I wasn't sure why. So I had some investigating to do. And it it turned out the the most helpful question in the process was not why did this happen. It was where have I felt these feelings mm-hmm. before, and that was life changing yeah. because it took me to an old wound. It took me to a place that I thought, you know, I never had to go again. But it turns out I had to go back to get some healing and to get some perspective and it took me to the bedroom door outside the bedroom door of my mother's bedroom where my mom who was prone to very big feelings and no ability to process or handle those feelings my mom would just go in her room and slam the door and lock it Mm -hmm. and wouldn't come out until she was ready and it would always be when she was angry or when I felt like I had done something wrong. And my mother didn't have words to explain her own feelings to me or to say, oh, I, it was this, or sweetie, I felt this way or that way. And as a result, that just that deep rejection couched in sort of this confusion of what was happening. What, why is this? What, is, what did I do? led to a lot of shame of just feeling like I was a bad girl. You know, my mom had to go away and lock the door. She was so angry with me or I had done something so bad, even though, and here is the big key, I didn't know what it was. Hmm. And in her inability to explain it, I carried all the shame. And... That was the light bulb for me in this crisis with my friend, is she wasn't willing to explain it, and so I was just carrying all the shame. Mm. I felt like a bad girl. I felt like I had really done something wrong, and to my knowledge, I hadn't. 
and I would certainly have been willing to discuss it or process it, but wasn't given the opportunity. So I was just left with all the shame and all the... So that's what I began to work through on my side. And guess what I found? <laughs> what did you find? I found my desire to be liked and approval, things which fed my overcommitment and my comparison. Mm. Lots of the things that were creating crazy in my life were tied to this shame that I was still carrying of not being good enough, of being a bad girl. And you know, just doing the hustle every day so that it would be okay. And people, you know, all of that wasn't fully conscious to me. I couldn't have found words for that until after, you know, till I began to process all of this and why this rejection felt so bad to me in my adult life. And I have a friend who says if it's hysterical, it's historical. Right. And, mm-hmm. and also, you know, what isn't transformed is transferred. And this shame was transferring into some crazy in my life, and thus, in you know, to my the life of my family and and all of that. So, I, I like to talk about the question beneath the question because the question of why is this happening to me wasn't helpful, but the question beneath that, where have I felt mm-hmm. these feelings before? That was the helpful question. Yeah, amen. And a lot of times it takes that second or third question to really get to, you know, the root causes of our of our pain. Mm-hmm. And this this is a process we can all learn to do for ourselves. Um, there's there's something called Transformation Prayer Ministry or TPM, which is a a form of of counseling uh, that really is is exactly what you describe in a nutshell is. Um, it, what we're feeling today really isn't isn't what's going on. It really is a, kind of a smoke signal that leads us back to an earlier experience. Um, and usually it's something we believed a lie about. And so right. for you to take on your mom's feelings and your mom's behavior as shame, that's really a lie. And right. if we can go back to the, the root cause of that and either either in our own natural mind, as you did, kind of just, oh, wow, I know what this is linked to. Or we can ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to know about this that's true? And the Lord will reveal uh, truth. Uh, And and I love how you show how believing those lies at that time, that early age, is really connected to crazy and almost made me think of um, staying busy almost as a form of self-medicating. Right. Just like someone Self-protection. might use drugs right. <laughs> um, or exactly. compulsive shopping or promiscuity just to numb the pain or the shame. Uh, and busy is just yet another way to do that. That's exactly right. And to augment our worth mm-hmm. and somehow to say who I am really isn't enough. But if I'm busy mm-hmm. or if I have this or that, then I will be okay. And that is a lie. Mm-hmm. That is a lie. Wow. And so that I'm sure that that was just a life transforming uh, process for you that not only gave you some um, comfort for that current distress you were in as a result of the loss of that friendship, but probably kind of opened the door to being able to explore and examine um, other past wounds and and things that that were getting triggered uh, going forward. Well, the beauty of it for me, and I would say 
hopefully for your listeners as well, is when you've sort of done that detective work and you've gone back to the place that you really didn't want to go back to or think that you ever had to go back to, the message you take away is, I can go back there Mm -hmm. because I'm not that person anymore because that was a lie, and then you get to retell your story. I mean, that's the beauty about community and real friendship, is that I was able to articulate this story to a friend who then could be, and I call Jesus with skin, who could remind me of things that are true, that God says are true, Mm -hmm. and that to expose these things as lies and to... Through them, I could feel felt in my isolation and rejection and my pain. And then suddenly my friend was there in a way that my mother had not been. Mm. And, you know, she's like a substitute in that moment for the arms of God that wrap around me to say, it wasn't your fault. Mm. And this is shame you're carrying needlessly. And you're not that girl, and you can let this go. And Dr. Peg, that was just an amazing, that that came out of a willingness to sit still. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. came out of, because that's where our best work is done. When we stop, we can't, we can't do this kind of work on the fly yes. when we're busy. Yes. And so when pain stops us dead in our tracks, like a step on the rake moment, and you're just brought right up to your senses, it really has the possibility to give you the gold, to allow yourself to be sifted and sifted until the, the most valuable stuff is what remains. Yes. And for me, it was the perspective that life was really out of control and it wasn't helpful for me or my family my relationship with God, anything. Amen. And, and Nicole, let's let's go to a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about that sifting, the importance of sifting. I'm with Nicole Johnson. We'll be back. 94.7 FM, the word. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional evidence-based advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or active terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion, SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit, or CEU, issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based, and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. If you're feeling confused, stuck, or ready for change, go to drpegradio.com and learn more about my book, Do Something Different for a Change, and my Do Something Different for a Change, 
personal transformation retreat. And if you're ready to finally write that book already, register for my nonfiction writing and self-publishing workshop. Go to drpegradio.com to learn more. My guest today is Nicole Johnson, author of Creating Calm in the Center of, of Crazy. And we're just having such a, a rich conversation. I, th- I thank you so much for being with us today, Nicole. Oh, my privilege and pleasure. Thank you. And listen, you're welcome. Listeners, you can reach Nicole at NicoleJohnson.org, or I'll have a link, and I'll have a link uh, to her website from my website, DrPegRadio.com. Uh, before the break, uh, you, you used the word sifting, and um, I want to talk a little bit more about that. I think that's so important. And this um, life-altering event, as, as you call it in your book, uh, Creating uh, Calm in the Center of Crazy, really can be um, part of that sifting process. And, and just as we need um, the courage to feel our feelings and, and to go back to that pain behind the pain, um, we, we usually get back there, and it's not as bad as we thought it was. Um, we, right. we're, often we're believing lies. Uh, there's some lies around that. Or, you know, we were a child, a, hope, a helpless um, child at the time, but we're not helpless and powerless anymore. And we have, right. we have the Holy Spirit um, living inside of us if, if we're believers. Um, and so that sifting um, can be so critical. I know there was a time in my life uh, where the Lord told me, and I journaled this, he said, I'm going to strip you of some things you don't think you need to be stripped of. And I had been praying about uh, some things in my life for for things to improve in a certain area of my life. And this was his response. I'm going to strip you of some things you don't think you need to be stripped of. And um, come to find out shortly after I heard that word from the Lord, uh, my my husband at the time uh, announced that he wanted a divorce. And that was the last thing that I wanted. Um, and I write about this in my book, Do Something Different for a Change. Uh, but that stripping process was very painful, and yet it was very necessary. Uh, so, talk more about that sifting and that stripping, and 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 the value of it in the end. Mm, wow! Well, what a courageous journey you have been on, and that is. Then look at the gold mm-hmm. that has come out of this sifting. When really, our our I think the enemy, the our ad the. Not our advocate, the opposite of adversary. our adversary. Our, our adversary, <laughs> yes. right, would say to us, "There's nothing but ashes here." Mm. And I think we we trust ourselves in the hands of God, our 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 most valuable thing we have, just ourselves. And through His hands goes that that sifting of care and love, and it just shakes away so much of what really doesn't matter. But I don't believe we have the ability to just do that for ourselves on our own without the crisis, without the perspective-altering event. That's the hard part, because wanting this kind of change isn't, it it isn't enough. And so, because the work is too hard, and Mm -hmm. just like in in the book of Job, you know, Job is sifted, but he could never have sifted his own life in the mm. way. I, I like to say I'd just be too quick to make peace with all the rocks and the junk and go, okay, that's all okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll keep all that. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to serve God, but in an advisory capacity. <laughs> so here's what I want to happen, you know. And this other way is to say I am in your hands. You're holding me. I'm safe. And let fall away what needs to fall away. 
and I trust you in that. And that is, I think, the product um, of that's where once we get to the other side of that, we have this overwhelming peace and confidence that life is okay because God's got it that we can face hard stuff, we can have hard conversations, we can go through hard circumstances, but we are going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, let's um, offer some practical strategies and solutions. I think um, what you've shared, and thank you so much for your transparency, uh, is going, going to set a lot of people free, uh, men and women. I know your your book is targeted at women, but I know men share some of these same challenges and these strategies that you write about in your book are applicable to them as well. Um, Really, it it is a process of finding that quiet, that stillness, uh, so we can explore uh, the pain behind the pain and and, uh, look at where the Lord is sifting us and being willing to surrender to that process. Uh, But in your book, you also talk about the difference between controlling the crazy on the outside versus creating calm on the inside. Talk (laughs) about that. Well, you know what I realized sitting there, and there's a quote by Blaise Pascal that I just love. He was a 16th century theologian and mathematician. And he writes in in this, uh, you know, 16th century, the problem with man is that he cannot sit quietly in his own room. Now, this was 500 years ago, and if that is the problem with man 500 years ago, we can see it more evidently now. Mm -hmm. And I say of women, you know, we can't sit quietly in any room, let Mm -hmm. alone our own room. But when you begin to get still, when I began to get still, all those fears, all those voices, all those things rise up, and if we're paying attention to them, we can recognize that they're the voices of fear, that they're not the voice of love. We can do some really heavy lifting about our own lives. And I recognize that I had been doing way more to control the crazy on the outside than I had trying to create this calm on the inside. Mm-hmm. The crazy and on the outside may never go away, right? It's not going to go away, right, exactly. And here's the thing, and this is why, you know, it takes so long to get to this point, because it's not, the solution isn't found in another calendar program or a better app or in balance. It is, it is found in learning to sit quietly in our own room and do that hard work of being at home, and I like to say, with God in a place in our lives, in our hearts, where we feel held and safe and secure. Because that's the place, that's home, that's where we can then deal with the deeper issues of our identity and our worth. We, we can't do that in our busy day-to-day. We can't hear the right voices. We mm. can't get the right input. We can't get the value that comes from having to face our fears and the things that, the areas that we know we fall short. And when we can do that, and I call that, homework because we do it from the safest place of home then that's where calm is is 
the beginning, the birthplace of calm is created. Mm -hmm. It's not in squelching the crazy on the outside. It is cultivating this interior world, this place that we know that we're safe and we're loved and we're held and we can operate then going forward out of that place. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think real change is, is possible for people. That's why we know that wanting it isn't enough because it doesn't come from a deep place. It comes from thinking, oh, I'd like for things to be different. But when you've been stripped down to nothingness and you realize it didn't kill you, in fact, the opposite is true. It's giving you a life you never had. Then you go, wow, I, I can sit here more. I can take advantage of this, in essence, sort of nakedness and freedom that comes from this place of not being encumbered by so many things that were really out of my control anyway. Mm. Wow. Amen. So one really practical thing we can do that for many is very challenging is just be still. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a, a saying, all good psychology is God psychology. Right. And things I that we know it. are, are evidence-based in the science of psychology, we can see uh, they have a biblical basis. And so there's something in psychology today that's um, very popular, for lack of a better word, but it's because it's evidence-based, it works, is something called mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is about getting still. And, you know, the Word tells us to meditate on His Word day and night. Uh, and we're, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we renew our minds by being still, knowing he's God, meditating on his word. And so we can see how we can take control of the, the crazy on the outside by really, um, as you say, creating calm on the inside. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. Well, we're just about out of time, uh, Nicole. There's so so much we can talk about. I would love to have, have you back on again, and we can oh. continue our conversation of creating calm in the center of crazy, and, and we'll work that out in the, in the coming weeks if you're available. I would love it. I would love it. But, you know, I do think I've given you and the listeners what they need. To me, mm-hmm. this is the biggest part of it. And yeah. then there are practical, there are tips, but it would be a mistake to try to start with the tips mm-hmm. or the things that come out of this place, the center of calm. That has to be established yes. and created first, and then we're ready. Amen. It would be just like another um productivity app on our phone right yeah, is to jump exactly. to the tips yeah, yeah this is right. really the the essential foundation um thank you so much nicole johnson author of creating calm in the center of, Sto- of the storm thanks for being my guest today thank you uh listeners this is living well with dr peg i'm your host dr peggy mitchell clark uh, to listen to the program archives or learn more about my upcoming events and books and retreats Go to drpegradio.com, and I've got my nonfiction writing and self-publishing one-day intensive coming up. Check that out at drpegradio.com. My guest has been Nicole Johnson, and I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark, reminding you to live well.
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by SSI Guardian. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat, visit drpegradio.com. You can also purchase Dr. Peg's books, Do Something Different for a Change, and Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, online at drpegradio.com. And remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 The Word FM for Living Well with Dr. Peg. Living well.